no idea when Dev starts on this. Oh, me neither. Is it now? It can't be now. There's no way. Wait, it's coming up. Okay, hold on. Okay. Places. Places. The history of film. That better who even when the lights go dim. From James Cagney to Nosferatu and stunts that shock you. And dirty, dirty tricks to your made. From wings to Top Gun, movie stars and no ones. Romantic crazy fans that leave no real a ton. Hollywood is still from history in Hollywood. They chase the Oscar, but it's all a sham, just like Shaq and Kazam. All your dreams can come true. Film history, the history of film. All of it made for you. Good God, that was terrible. All right, all right, everybody. I'm very excited for today's film history. The, the history, history of film. As you can see, maybe uh, I've got a mustache rocking right now, and there's a reason for this, okay? There's a reason for the stash. Because, boys, to kick off the summer, today I got the need, the need for speed. That's right, baby. We are talking about Top Gun. <laughs> yes, we're doing the Top Gun episode. I was sure that this oh. oh shit! Damn. Looks like he's in a jet right now as we speak. Oh, oh he's in oh, the, uh, the Maverick outfit. And my head is inside of a helmet. It is my motorcycle helmet, so I don't know how well the audio is coming through. And I will not. The audio this is very clear. Episode. Really? Okay, cool. Great. Well, yeah. it's all, there's a mic on my lapel that's covered by a thick jacket. So I don't know where that's going to work. But I am looking at myself in the Zoom, and I look badass. No wonder everybody yeah, fucking looks like a fighter pilot. I would just walk around like this during the middle of the day. Like, shit. Oh, my God, man. <laughs> Absolutely. After this episode, everybody's going to want to be a fighter pilot. I promise you. I, I brought out two of Drake's favorite things today. For one, my mustache <laughs> that he you know, I know he loves so dearly. And uh, which, by the way, he hates it. Uh, and I also brought a movie about airplanes, which is another thing that Drake loves uh, uh, notoriously. Naval aviators. <laughs> yes, exactly. Thank you. Thank you. Naval aviators. <laughs> Naval aviators. Oh, so a couple things. I one, I was sure look like fucking Tom Cruise with just this mask on with my eyes. And <laughs> you said, do, I don't man. know. Can you guys see the resemblance? I got the height going for me, but I don't have the crazy Scientology <laughs> mannerisms going for me. I see it. I see it. I, I see it. I, I have fallen in love with Tom Cruise all over again throughout all this research. Let me tell you. Um, so a couple things. I was positive that this episode was about Top Gun. When you mm -hmm. said it was something topical, I was yeah. like, there's only one thing this could possibly be about. I knew you knew. I knew uh, you knew. But it was still fun to not know for sure. <laughs> and then you threw me with the need for speed. And I was like, wait, it was this whole thing of misdirect? Was the, the mustache, the talking about Top We're just Gun? Need like... for speed with Paul Logan. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what is this? Are we doing the that video game adaptation movie? <laughs> Aaron Paul. I always call him Paul Logan. I was like, why is that? Why is that? 
topical right now. Um, <laughs> but uh, but no, it's great. And also, it's I, I don't hate your mustache. I just hate mustaches in general. I hear you. I hear yeah, you. Uh, yeah, they it, be... it reminds me too much of the 80s. Yeah. I guess 70s is more 70s thing. But This has given you know. me a whole new... I'm going to get super ripped with this mustache. <laughs> okay. And I'm going to be... I'm gonna. They're going to cast me in Maverick 2. <laughs> Top Gun 3, Maverick 2, uh, The Need for Speed. Top Gun 2, The Maverick 2, Need for Speed 2. Um, and uh, Dev, you look absolutely fantastic. Dev, you look amazing. Um, although I will say, if you think it might have a, a problem with the audio, I, I would ask you to remove the helmet. Break. Yeah. Fun fact, this jacket that I'm holding, it, that I've, you guys have probably seen me wear in the winter months because it's so hot and fur, is an actual fighter pilot's jacket for a B-3 bomber. Issued Holy by uh, flight equipment for the U.S. Army Air Force, right there. Damn, that's Whoa. so sick, dude. Did you get like an, an Army Air uh, uh, surplus place, or like did uh, the relative give that to you? How'd you how'd you come in possession of such a, such a garment? So uh, I think my <laughs> somehow my dad got it years and years and years ago. I think he got it in like a charity event auction thing but um he wouldn't fit him and he didn't want to wear it so i picked it up from him like back in like high school or just after high school and i've had it ever since but it's like a couple grand or whatever and it doesn't really fit me either it's baggy on me but god damn do i look cool in it so like i'm cool. always gonna ride yeah. it yeah Oh, I got I got turgid the moment you put that on. I, I'm gonna tell you, I, I I can't deny the fits are cool. The airplane fits are cool. Um, and this movie that we're talking about today is one of the big reasons for the return of that fucking look, like the leather jacket, white T-shirt, and aviators. Everybody wanted to do Top Gun, you yeah. know, and it was this was like. Uh, sales of all of those items skyrocketed <laughs> after this movie. Leather jackets, white t-shirts, and aviators specifically. People were going out by the droves to, you know, get get to looking good. That's that's hysterical. And um, volleyball also skyrocketed. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I this you'll uh, this will be the, uh, the the sales pitch to me. Yes. To see if I I'll want to watch this after we're done with this. I think after we're done with this, you're gonna want to watch it. Uh, it it was a story that I I mean I I pretty much I thought I could guess this one. You know, but I couldn't. Like, really? There, okay. there was some shit. This is nuts. This is a pretty crazy story. Okay. All yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Nothing like uh, it was not a nightmare to shoot. I mean, mm -hmm. it was logistically. Yeah. But well, one guy did die. What? Uh, yeah, a guy Whoa. died making Top Gun, and we're gonna talk about him today. It was good. But uh, we know. Him. Did Tom Cruise? <laughs> goose. It was goose. <laughs> did Tom Cruise sacrifice him goose. on an altar for? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> talk to me, goose. Uh, yeah, but I just thought, you know, Top Gun's out right now, Maverick, yeah. um, and I figured... I, yeah, I like this. I was thinking about this recently. We should start looking at, because there's so many, like, I mean, like, we should do Jurassic Park next. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we should we should start trying to see if we can tie some of these into, like, some uh, upcoming releases just to help, help boost those numbs. Yeah, and, uh, speaking let's of, piggyback off of other people's IP. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we do here on Film History, the History of Film. Yeah, I mean, you know, the good news is the content comes to us. The yeah. content comes to Hollywood, us. Hollywood, you keep turning them out because we got to keep yeah, talking baby. about you. Keep making history for us. Uh, I'm very excited, though. I have not gone to see it yet. Everybody's talking about the new Top Gun Maverick. It's, it is, it's Tom Cruise's biggest opening in his entire career. Yeah, cool. For, good for him. Yeah, man. Memorial man. Day film of all time and the biggest yeah, numbers yeah. that amc shout out to the amc apes 
uh, biggest numbers for AMC <laughs> on Memorial Day, and I think uh, for a reg- for an internationally released film ever. Honestly, wow. Hold on, they're saying this could Did- bring theaters back. Uh, Damn, they you. really. I, it's, yeah, As it like, theaters go. The theaters never went away. They went away for about a year. They they, Nobody sp- could go in there. Spider Man brought it back. If you went in there, you get sick. <laughs> Spider Man broke a billy. If you went to the movies, back. if you went to the theater a year ago, you would come out with a cough <laughs> and no taste or smell. Uh, <laughs> um, wait, hold on a second. Is did it beat Pirates Three? Because oh. that was that was the but the was record it holder. Memorial in, Day. That's the key. It was Memorial Day. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know, because I guess technically, well, it's Tuesday that we're recording this, so Memorial Weekend is over, so we should be able to pull the numbers. Let's see. We got Drake on this. So I do know of some facts about the recording of the new one, so maybe we'll get into that at the end. Uh, Yeah, that'll be good. I was uh, in Marvel, (laughs) haha, pun intended, uh, (laughs) of... The production's ability to really do like some really crazy shit with yeah. the filming of the new one, not and the filming of the old one, but definitely like yeah. all the filming of the new uh, old one. Do you talk about right. China at all in this? Uh, in the, how uh, they made headlines for the new one? No, no, I don't talk about that. I don't get. Yeah, I can't wait to hear your stuff on the new one because I mean, I just did the old one, you know. No, no, that's um, that's great. I mean, I'll just yeah. I'll slip this in because it's a one liner, and then we'll get into the rest of the stuff. So in the new one, there's this fictitious jet that's like a new ultra stealth, ultra fucking fast UFO looking jet that Maverick flies, right? right? And the production company had to partner with Skunk Works. To build a jet that looked and flew somewhat realistic for the movie. And they were flying this thing around in the desert, trying to test it for the film and stuff. And a Chinese spy satellite picked up on it and thought it was a real Air Force aircraft. So it like fooled, Google this. I forget the name of the jet, but it's built by them just for the movie. So it's not a real jet. It's just like, it's a prop jet, but it really flies and stuff, I think. Um, (laughs) But yeah, like they thought it was, the Chinese government thought it was like this new super cell secret fighter and leave it to Tom fucking Cruise to pull a fast one on the old CCP. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. And by the way, China, stop looking over here. How about that? How about (laughs) you stop looking over here? They want our UFOs. Look, you can't have them. Get your own, all right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, get your own over there. We're, we're we're playing battleship here, and you can't look at my end of the. Of they're the board. just uh, they're just doing research to produce their own uh, knockoff. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say. I mean, now America should be like, well, it wasn't real, but now it's about to be. You know, we're definitely going to make this. They're doing research for their new movie, um, Bottom Gun uh, Birdman. <laughs> they're going to create the Top Gun spinoff, Not Gun. Yeah, not, <laughs> not gun. gun. Uh, starring, I did a um, movie called Bottom Gun back in the eighties <laughs> with this uh, mustache. Yeah, no, uh, uh, Maverick. Uh, uh, yeah, the record had not been broken since uh, Pirates of the Caribbean three at World's wow. End, uh, which had previously held it, I think, at one hundred and fifteen million, and this one's at one hundred and fifty-six well, million. You know who really <laughs> wins, and you know who really wins in that competition is Jerry fucking Bruckheimer, yeah, because he d- he produced both of those. Oh, really? Yes. So. <laughs> Jerry Bruckheimer, we're going to get into him a little bit here today. Wow. You think he was like, yo, pimp this. I'm going to hit the brakes on my own film, and it's going to fly right by. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Dude. Nice, nice Top Gun reference. Drake will get that when he watches it. I can't believe you um, haven't seen Top Gun. I, you know what? I know. I'm just gonna stop. I'm gonna stop being surprised. Uh, I just, I, yeah. I'm gonna assume default now that you just haven't seen it. Anything that we talk about. Well, also, if 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 uh, longtime viewers may recall, uh, I'm not a fan of planes or plane movies yeah. or things that have to do with planes. But just so, something about planes just never interests me. They're so loud and fast. Yeah, but they're just cool. they're floating in nothing. It's just it's there's yeah, nothing man. around. They're you know going what I mean? Like 800 miles an hour shooting at each other. So I have actually flown a plane uh, a couple times, and it was a small Cessna, but if you fly a plane, especially a smaller one, it's much different than being on a plane, being on a big one. Imagine piloting your own roller coaster. Through yeah, air. exactly. Ooh. That's yeah, what it's exactly. like. So you really get like the appeal when you're like in that small cockpit or in a small plane. Mm. You dive even when you're just doing basic up and down and like kind of side to side. You feel that like as if you were on like a roller coaster at a theme park. Yeah, the G's. But you're making yeah. the choice, mm. and it's really cool. <laughs> It's like, imagine if Formula One implemented guns. <laughs> like if they started shooting at each other and those really well, fast I, I cars. I think the reason why cars are just more in planes is because cars just feel more tactile. Like when they skid on the road, you can see the skid marks, you can hear it, they can collide with other things, yeah. they can bump into something and keep going. A plane is just like, it's just in the oh, air man, the whole time. There's plenty of shit to run into. It's just in the air. It's floating. <laughs> just watch Tom Cruise and his latest promo stunt. He took uh, James Corden up in a fighter jet. It was sick, but yeah, he he gets like feet away from a mountain. Did going. they do carpool karaoke in a jet? Basically, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, sort of, but uh, <laughs> it was actually really good. I hate the James Corden show to be honest, but that was a really good segment. Man, remember when that Scottish guy hosted it? Whatever his name was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that Scottish guy. <laughs> what were you going to say? Craig Ferguson is his name. Yeah, Craig Ferguson. He was good. He was good. Craig Ferguson. Shout out to Craig is good. Ferguson. He's awesome. Yeah. And I used to be a fan of James Corden because I'm a musical theater kid, and so is he. Oh, yeah. And he comes from musical theater. But then you know he kind of sold out and was boring. And like his yeah, things are like all clips, you know, online. He's just doing yeah. it for carpool karaoke and stuff like that. Yeah, and uh, I've also heard he's terrible. I've heard he's like a real fucking dick he's bag an to work around. Yeah, yes, he is oh, Ellen. Wow. He seems oh. so nice and sweet, but then like his crew says he's a fucking nightmare. Oh, damn. Yeah, yeah. Gossip, well, behind the scenes gossip. <laughs> behind the BTS. <laughs> oh. But yeah, today we're taking you to the danger zone, baby. <laughs> I'm going to tell you a little bit about fucking Top Gun. And we're going to talk about sexy volleyball, playing with the boys. You know, and uh, this movie, Drake, is not just about planes, okay? It is about very hot young men forging bonds that nobody can understand, you know? We're going to be talking. <laughs> These men do four things. Go real fast in jets, shoot at the Russians, fuck, and play volleyball, okay? And they're real hot while they're doing it, so. <laughs> they're damn good at it, too. They're damn good at it. And, oh of course, you know, we got old Tom Cruise as Lieutenant Peak Maverick Mitchell, a U.S. Navy pilot. We got Val Kilmer as uh, Lieutenant Tom Iceman Kazansky, <laughs> one, of <Top> Gun <laughs> one of Top Gun students and Maverick's rivaled wingman. You never and forget could... that iconic bite. 
Ice Spice. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I just like, watched what? this shit yesterday, man. Yeah, he like. <laughs> I know it looked like it hurt too. He really clacked his teeth together, man. Val Kilmer, damn, what a guy, what an actor. Shout and, out uh, to Val Kilmer and his Discord that I'm in because he's an artist now, and I get to like hit him up online as a person. What? Personally, oh, yeah, I yeah. gotta do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my we'll, god. We'll give out some info about Discord and our Discord that we have la- built in our launching um, at the end of the episode, but. He's got one, and he actually used artificial intelligence to recreate his voice for Top Gun Maverick because he wow. lost his voice to cancer. So he's been like, really right. like can't talk and has to use like a device and stuff to talk. Everybody should go watch yeah. his documentary um, called yeah. Val. It's on yeah. Amazon, it's I believe. Beautiful. It's really, really Be- well done. Prepare to weep yeah, watching yeah, yeah. Val. I've watched it twice now. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I love that guy. Yeah, I saw that he did a movie recently called Pay Dirt. And they did that. They like, I don't mm. mind it. They yeah. dub his voice, and I yeah. think it's great. I mean, he's he's here to consent to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a lot different than like digitally re, re yeah. like uh, reanimating a corpse. However, you got to get so. Val on my screen. I, <laughs> I that man is one of my like top ten favorite. So, actors so ever. we got Maverick, Iceman. What other X Men are in this movie? So then we got Goose. <laughs> Who could forget Goose? <laughs> what other X Men? Uh, Anthony Edwards as uh, LTJG Nick. Goose Bradshaw, <laughs> Maverick's radar interceptor officer and best friend. Well, maybe more than best friends, let's be honest, man. I, boy, this movie's hot. Uh, <laughs> so, because we're going to make a lot of jokes about this, but before you go on, fun fact of real fighter pilots in the Air Force, especially in yeah. that top echelon level, is it is very common for them to kind of um, embrace the polyamorous lifestyle among each other because they might die in combat and they want their family and their spouse to be taken care of by people that they trust and love. So it is very, very common and accepted to be like fluid amongst, you know, spouses and wives and and stuff with each other's fighter pilots and and stuff like that. So it was like the, the Spartans. The, the yeah. Spartans were mm. like that. The Spartans would like take up a lover in war. Like you'd mm. find another dude mm. and be like, "You want to just fuck while we're out here? <laughs> like we're not gonna be home for another five years." You yeah. know, want to be war fuckers? You want to be war fuckers, dude? <laughs> <laughs> and Dev, I'm glad you brought that up, man, because I am gonna get a little bit into the fighter pilot culture today. Those guys, they're this one of the reasons why I love this movie, and I'm gonna love the new one. And any movie, really, about pilots. I read books about a lot of, like, World War II pilots and stuff as well. But they're not human. Like, these guys are, they're, like, professional athletes who kill people, basically, <laughs> with big machines. Now, like, why, why is that? Why do you have to be in such great shape to fly a plane? The G-Force. Jeez. You're going to be pulling, and you gotta be small. Yeah, those... Yeah, you got to be small mm, like and you got to be Cruise. fucking like 7% body fat for Whoa. real. Like, they are so fucking ripped because to take on all that gravity, you've got to like really be solid, you know? So there's oh. a breathing oh. technique that you'll see them do in maybe not the first Top Gun, but definitely in Maverick. You'll see them do when they're pulling high G's, they have to breathe really heavily and fast yeah. because the blood the G forces is causing the blood to drain from their head and they'll to prevent themselves from passing out. They literally have to push the blood up to their brain so they don't lose consciousness while they're pulling a maneuver. Whoa. So oh, yeah. it's, it's, this is why yeah, this is why I love it's this gnarly. shit. It's it's fucking imagine like literally 
300 pounds sitting on you in your seat. You know, you can't move forward even. Whoa. And it's just force. Just pure. Fuck. And so that's why you have to be so strong so you can yeah. even move during all that G force. Your stick, when you're going like full bore, mm-hmm. moving your stick in that jet is like lifting like hundreds of pounds. Whoa. Like there's so much force going on. Whoa. That's why it's incredible. And then they have to kill people while they're doing this. <laughs> like they have to line up a target and shoot at people. Yeah. And they actually got in. Like fighter jet shape for yeah. these movies, right? Yeah, I, I was watching an interview with uh, Miles Teller, and he was like, "Dude, like our diet was yep. ridiculous." He was like, "I, I, I he's like, I swear to God, some days like all we had for dinner was water." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and they because they did the same one for this first one that we're going to be talking about today. Like it was very important to Tom Cruise for this one that they just made mm-hmm. that they do the same thing that they did for the first one because they really are. Go, the only way that you can do these movies and it look good is practical with mm-hmm. real jets. You yeah. Know, if you CGI all the jets, it's going to be the shit. Yeah. Uh, we've seen it. We've mm-hmm. seen movies like that. Microsoft yeah. and Flight so the Simulator, only w- the movie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I will just go play Flight Simulator. You yeah. know, uh, the Jamie Foxx movie, Stealth. So, did all the actors actually learn how to fly jets? Pretty much. I mean, they all learned how to, to the ride point. in jets. Let's put it like Yeah, that. they learned how to ride in jets. They learned how okay. to be okay in a jet okay so because so, uh, i believe tom cruise is flying his jets is miles teller flying his jet probably not no okay. tom so cruise also sitting, it, they're all sitting in the back seat the pilots in the front and the cameras yeah. in the cockpit are on them as they are the rear but i guess in the new one uh, i haven't seen it yet but they probably cheat it and make it look like they're the pilots but for the practicality right. They would the actors would be in the backseat operating the cameras themselves. So they'll uh, be up there. They would have to plan out the shots, and the actors would have to. They can't communicate with the ground really. They don't know what's going on. They have to like find the light, get the plane to the right position, press roll, execute the yep. shot, Call do the scene, wings. wings, and then yeah, and then you know turn it off, turn the camera off, and go back down and land, and then watch the footage. Wings has started this all. Nothing ever changes. Nope. Wings <laughs> started all of this shit. Also, speaking of getting started, uh, Tom Cruise basically became Tom Cruise doing this movie. Tom Cruise, before this movie, mm. had never ridden a motorcycle, uh, had never been up in a fucking fighter jet, that's for sure. T- this made Tom's whole trajectory change. Was this before Mission Impossible? This was, yeah, this was yeah. before Mission Impossible. Wait. This was right oh. after Legend. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, oh, man. I'm excited to bring you all this one today. And just to get you in the mood, I'm going to put you in the right headspace for this bad boy. We're going to, you know, go back in time. <laughs> We're going to do a little bit of When Are We? <laughs> this is motherfucking 1986, y'all. This is... Uh, we're talking peak cocaine era movie making for sure. There was some cocaine involved in this movie, by the way. Oh, really? uh, probably quite a lot, to be honest. Well, we have Mr. Kilmer to probably thank for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, him and uh, Ron Simpson, the big producer on this thing, we're going to talk a little bit about that guy of like this maniac cokehead super producer, like huge studio producer who is known for like throwing shit because he was so coked out of his head. Whoa. Yeah, we're going to get into that guy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> he died from cocaine. Ah, the 90s, so. I know you could do that. Yeah, man. Yeah. It was the 90s. It was like he, he had his 80s window where he yeah. could do all that cocaine, but yeah. the 90s came along. And he didn't like, switch to heroin in time. Right. No, yeah. exactly. You so. got you to gotta do what's <laughs> relevant. That's the only way to... <laughs> so it's 1986. Gas is 89 cents a gallon. What? Yeah. A brand new <laughs> yeah, 89 cents a gallon. 
a brand new Ford Mustang. <laughs> Six eighty nine now. <laughs> a brand new Ford Mustang off the lot is seven thousand dollars. Wow. Um, this is the year. Inflation isn't real. <laughs> yeah, there's no inflation. Whatever. Uh, look over there. Don't look over here, China. But uh, <laughs> this is the year that Chernobyl melts down. Oh, nice. 1986. Uh, the fucking Challenger blows up in front of the eyes of the nation. Nice. In 1986. Dude, we were killing it this oh, year. Oh, man, what a year. <laughs> Mad cow disease, turning people into cows or whatever. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know what that disease ever really does. But uh, This is uh, also the year when your boy over here was conceived. I was going to say that, Dev. This is when the Dev was born, right? I, I was not birthed, but I was definitely, my parents were banging. Not, sure. Probably because they went and saw <laughs> Top Gun. <laughs> <laughs> they probably went home and was like, we're about to make Deb right now. That makes so much sense. Now yes. I understand my place in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were conceived after Top Gun. That makes absolute sense. Conceived in a Top Gun movie theater. Yeah, you might have been conceived in the theater, man. For That's, sure. That, Nobody that, cared. That would explain everything about Dev, that he's a Top Gun baby. <laughs> if you're sitting in the if you're sitting in the theater seeing Top Gun in 1986 and you look over and people are fucking, you're just like, yeah. yeah. That's that makes sense. Yeah, that you was, know. This is what gave Pee Wee Herman his spark. <laughs> <laughs> This is uh, the year the Oprah Winfrey show debuts. That show is that old? Yeah. Oh, yeah. For some reason, I thought that became... No, okay, no, she got her own channel yeah. like years later. Okay, but yeah. she had been on TV for a minute. She's been okay, on TV yeah. for okay. a minute, yeah. yeah. Uh, Hands Across America happened in 1986. That big bunch of bullshit. Oh, the thing <laughs> that uh, they referenced in Us. The thing that the Jordan Peele movie was about. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, I think Super Troopers? No, which one of those? Club oh, Dread, maybe? maybe? Yeah, Beer Club Fest. Dread. Ah, Talk about Hands Across America. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Dev, this is the year that the Phantom of the Opera debuted on West End. Yeah, I did. Well, I knew it was right around this time in the 80s, but shout out to Andrew Lord Weber, one of, if not the greatest, one of the greatest uh, musical theater composers of all time. Oh, yeah. Talk about cocaine-fueled art right so there. So I'm going to ask a really dumb question, uh, but it, it comes from a place of, of, of learning. Uh, uh, was was that the inception of Phantom of the Opera, or was it a much older like no, play was... from like the olden days that they had like revitalized? Was that the original birth of Phantom of the Opera? That was the birth. That was the OG. That's wild. I for some reason I thought that was like written in Shakespeare times. Yeah, it's like, it's genius. It's yeah. a masterpiece. <laughs> but it was a fucking it was an '80s rock opera. What? Yeah. It, it was, was rock like, and roll in this? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it was considered rock. So you know, It was guitars. It was a gold. book first. Okay. Ah, there you and go. I thought it was. I just looked this up. It was a book. It was a French book. Um, and then there was a movie that was not a musical, but it was just a, a straight, like, a straight stage play and a straight film were adapted in the early 1900s and 1925 actually there was a film that uh, led to more being like the lore and inspiration behind Andrew Lloyd Webber's 1986 musical but this was a story kind of like Les Miserables which was like written by in people we used to read in like a notable point of literature way back during that same time period and I think the books in 1909 was oh, wow. the book um, and yeah the first film was 1925 it's actually a really cool film it's black and white and it's like um, an old Dracula film kind of cool it looks okay. really cool it's a, that's something we might want to do an episode on just because 
of the history behind it and what it became and all that stuff. But yeah, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, I'd be very down. Cut all the cool. shit I said. Yeah. That was I, I, I was I thought I knew. I <laughs> that tracks more of what I thought it was. Like yeah. I thought it was it was it, it feels like it would come from at least the black and white times, Absolutely. if not the if not the ye old England times. Ye old days. <laughs> This was, uh, so, you know, Reagan is, of course, in office here in 1986. He's doing his Iran-Contra thing, mm-hmm. you know, living his best life, yeah, selling this, arms to Iran. Has he started his war on AIDS yet? Yeah, I mean, more than likely, you know, just say no, yeah. let's do AIDS, let's and do let's AIDS. sell arms to Iran. That was Yes Reagan. to AIDS, no to drugs. Oh, and trickle down, trickle yeah. down. Never forget, <laughs> Reagan, trickle forget. down. <laughs> Always remember. <laughs> you know, I'm going to trickle this crack down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're gonna trickle this crack down on cops and start a whole thing. We need some, we need some weapons. Start a whole thing. <laughs> Just ask Freeway Rick Ross about that. The number one song in 1986 is "Sledgehammer" by Peter Gabriel. Uh, but you know what the number two song is? Danger Zone, baby. <laughs> Danger Zone, because the number one movie in the world in 1986 is motherfucking Top Gun. <laughs> nice. I mean, when we talk about like icons, like this movie and Tom Cruise, what he would become after it, rivaled like Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Like international Absolutely. celebrity, star overnight, everyone knew his face, and also. Everyone terrified of the U.S. fucking Air Force, as they goddamn should be. <laughs> yeah, goddamn right. And everyone joining the Air Force. I'm going to get into that mm. after this movie. Five, 500% recruitment spike Whoa. after what, Top Gun. Was there a... Uh, this was, movie was, was the catalyst for all those recruitment, quote-unquote, movies that the military yeah. branches mm. kind of funded and sponsored and yep. allowed studios to use their equipment to gain... Uh, Gain popularity and notoriety, and there was a one called uh, what was it? The Navy Seals one that was in the eighties. Yeah. Old Charlie. I don't, I don't remember. Was it Navy Seals or was it called yeah, something Navy. else? Yeah, uh, There were a bunch of them. I mean, it, you know, it, there there was Navy Seals. Uh, what were you gonna say, Drake? Was this movie funded by the government? No, it wasn't funded directly, but it was cooperated. Mm. Like, we cooperated with the government. So, the relationship goes, if you want to use U.S. military vehicles or staff in your production, it has to be approved by the U.S. military branch. Mm -hmm. So, they'll let you use a ship, a truck, a jeep, a plane, but they get, like, you know, final say over the script kind of thing. How is this going to be portrayed? Don't make us look like fools kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, that's gonna come up. The navy, okay. the navy had final say over the script. Like the they, navy, yeah, it was the navy. So it's the naval air force. It's like it's the navy has jets too. Okay, uh, they have these things what, called aircraft carriers, straight. And yeah. they, 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 <laughs> they float around the world with like hundreds of planes on them, and that's yeah. where yeah, but we project I've, I've, the majority of our power, military. I figured the air force was. <laughs> The plane half of that equation, and the Navy ran the boat part of the equation. I didn't know that. A little they'd... bit of both, okay, but the, yeah. like the Blue Angels are Navy. Okay. Fun uh, fact: yeah. every branch of the military has their own aircraft, and the Air Force yeah. was not even created until after World War II. World War II, it was the U.S. Army Department Air Force. The Air Force was right. under the U.S. Army, so oh, yeah. the Navy, the Marines were under the Navy, and still technically are. But yeah. the Marines had their own planes, jets, helicopters, and things like that that they would launch from aircraft carriers because the planes 
launching in, uh, from an aircraft carrier are designed and fly different than a plane launching from an airfield. So right. you had to train pilots differently and you had different combat maneuvers, different bombing techniques, different life at sea, all that kind of stuff, safety, all that kind of shit. So yeah. there's a little bit of overlap in being like, yo, we, we all fly planes, but it, there's a big rivalry between the Air Force and the Navy and other branches about this and it's like a friendly rivalry but you know they all talk shit to each other about who's the best yeah and i'll tell you a little bit about the story of top gun the actual school because well wait that's a school it's a school oh oh yeah yeah top so gun let's like get, for... we should like give him a reader's digest of the film because like, <laughs> is... well listen i'll give you uh, the card in the very beginning of okay. this masterpiece says this on March 3rd, 1969, the United States Navy established an elite school for the top 1% of its pilots. Its purpose was to teach the lost art of aerial combat and to ensure that the handful of men who graduated were the best fighter pilots in the world. They succeeded. Today, the Navy calls it Fighter Weapons School, but the Flyers call it Top Gun. <laughs> Wait. The lost art. The lost art. When did we lose it? After like World War II, basically. <laughs> dogfights after Vietnam. Vietnam, we had dogfights against MiGs, which were Russian, which also were in this movie. Mm -hmm. uh, Russian jets. But not like World War II, the dogfights were huge. They were, mm. you know, lots and lots of people. Mm -hmm. Vietnam was more small combat with dogfighting. Rarely... Mm -hmm. It happened. Mostly just dropping napalm. Yeah, mostly dropping <laughs> napalm. Exactly. And Agent Orange. Uh, and then after that, I mean, once the jet came around, dog fighting in the air was all but, like, gone. Like, mm. no, the jets aren't really... They do occasionally, of mm. course, shoot at each other, shoot each other down, blah, blah, blah. But we haven't really had dog fighting like that since mm. World War II. I see. Yeah. Okay. Except and for so, Ukraine. Yeah, Ukraine's got a lot of fucking dogfighting going on right now. Yeah. Dude, uh, that, bringing it back. Yeah, Russia Same is... Same as Israel, right, too. Israel dogfight the shit out of the, the planes that we gave them. They <laughs> right. use in, in our... The planes that Reagan gave them? Yeah. <laughs> and they, they defended a bunch of wars, you know, with that. With dogfighting, too. But, you know, I have, a right. lot of that's a plane. And I think one of the funny things about this film is that they pitch it as... Since Vietnam, we've become the, our pilots have become too dependent upon missiles and right. using like computers to track and computer firing systems. So we're going to train our pilots to do dogfighting and air-to-air combat, like close quarters combat, basically, and all these technical maneuvers. But then you watch the film, and all of them are using missiles. The yeah, entire film. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah for sure. It's yeah, yeah. They. Not one machine gun ever, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but that's what that's what Top Gun is. Okay, it's the, it's the fighter weapons school. Okay, that if you are the top one percent of you, the pilots in your class, you go to Top Gun, and you're like the most gifted. So pilot. it's so it's a flight school. It's a flight school. Okay, yeah, and cool. it's a flight school to teach you a little bit more uh, unorthodox methods mm -hmm. of you know aircraft. So it, it's Harry Potter, but for planes. It's, yeah, it's Hogwarts, <laughs> but for planes. Okay, yeah, there right. you go. <laughs> You're the chosen so one. So <laughs> we, actually, we actually know, I mean, I know somebody directly, but we know somebody whose younger brother is a naval aviator going to Top Gun. What? Whoa. Who? Uh, our good buddy Dom. I don't want to give out his last name because he's still enlisted and wow. stuff, but Dom's younger brother is a straight-up naval fighter pilot who's training 
to be an astronaut eventually. He Whoa. wants to fly. Our Dom? He, yes, he wants to fly oh, our Dom's younger brother. It's fuck. He's a boss, bro. And we went yeah, and stayed with him at uh, like they lived off base, but we went and hung out with him in Alabama when he was stationed there. And the Top Gun co- uh, Center is in Miramar in San Diego, right. so it's the Marine Corps Air Station in Miramar. Um, so all these fighter pilots from all over the country and all their divisions, the tops, the best of their division, come together in Miramar to compete and learn and train at this school. Yeah, yeah. Damn, man, what is with Dom's jeans? That dude's just got, man, they got some good semen over there. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they skipped him. Everybody else's family's great. <laughs> His dad is just spitting gold, you know? Well, what is, uh, what is the ref is Rose do? Well, I mean, Dom's just a, he's also a smart dude, you know? I know, I'm just smart giving guy. him shit. No. Uh, <laughs> Dom's whole family is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Good sperm. Good, Good sperm. Scene. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to give you some of the plot of this movie, but I'm going to keep it light. Um, okay. I mean, the, they knew what they were making, and even mm-hmm. Tony Scott, who directed this, was like, we're going to develop some relationships uh, between airplanes, you know? So what? this movie is an airplane movie, basically. It does have its overarching story. It's definitely oh, like a like, hero's Oh, you mean tale. like this plot like very much was like second second yes. fiddle to, yeah, yeah, to, yeah, yeah, to yeah. cool plane shit. It works. It totally okay. works. I'm not saying it's bad. It's good. Mm-hmm. It absolutely works for what it is. But this is kind of like a porn. I always say this. I, I compare them to old porns, and the old porns you would have... Uh, the story builds up to the sex, mm-hmm. and that's what the story is, mm-hmm. and that's what Top Gun is. The story uh, builds up to the next time they're going to get in that plane. I see. And go real fast. It's just, it's just to make make way for more planes. Yeah, make way yeah. for for Tom Cruise being in a jet. You know? So do you uh, do you talk about their maneuver and the famous maneuver in this? James? The inverted. Yes. No, not really. I don't really. All right. Fun fact, Drake. So they. Maverick, Tom Cruise's character, his call sign is Maverick. Maverick becomes like a very widely known pilot because he did this particular maneuver chasing down an enemy MiG. They didn't fire on each other, but he went, he claimed to have gone inverted, which means um, upside down, and they went into a nose dive inverted with another MiG. And that is a physical impossibility. And right. they, they took some... The only reason it's a physical possibility, I believe it's the capabilities of the big that they were talking about. That particular plane wouldn't be able to do that maneuver, A. And B, when you see it in the shot, the cockpits are like upside down, like uh, polarized from one another. So there's like a plane, like a MiG flying upright, and then Tom Cruise's plane is like upside down with the glass on glass, like right above each other. And Tom Cruise gives the other fighter pilot a finger, like through yeah. the glass to be like, Foreign relations, communicating. Well, they just takes a picture of him. Yeah. The reason they were so close, you see that shot so cropped in, is because the actual fire planes would never be able to get that close because of their tail wings would hit each other's aircraft. So they were like, right there, you couldn't get that close during that maneuver. So they do make some Hollywood liberties to make the storytelling better. But I always thought that was just one that was really cool because that was like a crux plot point of the movie and like his character backstory of like why he's maverick and why he's so good is he did this like really crazy unheard of maneuver and it, you know, word spread throughout the fighter pilot community. Oh, did you hear what Maverick did? You hear Maverick? And then, like, you can't actually do it. <laughs> and he was in a lot of trouble for it. He was like, the his commander was like, I told you to land that goddamn plane. He goes out, 
He's got a buddy who's also a pilot who's freaking the fuck out because this MiG shows up. And this is that actually does happen from time to time. Russia and America will just kind of fuck with each other. Like every now and then we'll catch like a Russian jet in our airspace, you know? The Chinese now too. Yeah, and the Chinese now as well. Uh, There's famous videos of them like kind of buzzing uh, one of our aircraft carriers just to fuck with us. So this is actually, that could very well happen. So. Basically, he's on like a uh, just like a training maneuver. Tom Cruise and a few other pilots, and this Russian MiG shows up out of nowhere and is like fucking with them, like locking onto them. And his his buddy, who's another pilot, Wing starts man. freaking out. Yeah, it's his, well, it's the other jet though. The guy who quits, he like the, your resigns. wingman is the pilot in the other jet. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His wingman freaks out, and Tom Cruise has to like save him. Basically, like he he's supposed to land. They're out of fuel. But he's like, no, I'm going back up there for him. And he goes back and like guides him to landing because the guy's freaking the fuck out. And he's in a lot of trouble for it. We told you to land. You were under direct orders. And then you like went inverted and like fucked around with this like, you know, MIG that was also out there. Everything you did was wrong. And for that reason, you're going to Top Gun. (laughs) (laughs) It's so great. He loves to perform these maneuvers where he does a flyby of the tower, of the control tower. And you're not supposed to do that when any, when like people are in the control tower because of the shockwave from the jets of the engines. Like fucking break glass shit up and, and do everything so he does it as a joke because he knows like ah maverick what are they gonna do yell at me they yell at me a couple times so right. it's time to buzz the tower and he buzzes the tower like several fucking times in this movie and he always yeah. spills gets this commanding offer who's like drinking coffee he always spills the coffee <laughs> all over himself and like yells at his fucking ass it's like iconic but then they're yeah. like oh yeah but then go to this school and be be the best <laughs> yeah and and we're gonna talk about it because there were that whole buzzing the tower scene was, you know, in in the in real life, if you did that, you're getting kicked out of top Top Gun school immediately. Uh-huh. You yeah. might get your like wings taken away. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You're probably like going to jail for a bit or some shit. But like, so in this movie, they needed that scene, and so like basically, they all all these real pilots drew straws to see who could actually, you know, who could like buzz the tower for this movie because that was. You do this one time in your whole life, and that's it. Like, you'll never do that again. Oh, of course, they all wanted to do it. Yeah, we're giving you permission to do it for this movie that they're filming, Uh but this is it. And so they were all like, well, I want to do it, you know, Uh, and we're going to talk about it. But the guy who actually did that for the movie became a fucking astronaut. Whoa. This story gets so nuts, man. Cool. The story is just so, it's so (laughs) deep, dude. (laughs) But, But yeah, I don't know, man. The plot is, yeah, he goes to Top Gun school, uh, and then, you know... They're hot and shirtless and fighter jets. And I, I don't even want to give you any more of it. Like, go So watch we can it. give some backstory of Maverick because Maverick's dad was a fighter pilot in Vietnam. And yeah. apparently the, his last mission where he died in was classified. And like word around the street was that he ended up fucking up the mission and got a bunch of people killed. And like it was a really so his name in the Air Force is like tarnished and he's always out to like prove himself. That's why he's called Maverick. And that's why he's always doing this crazy shit, trying to like push the bounds. But we come to discover, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen this movie in 40 fucking years, uh, uh, his dad, we find out that his dad actually, um, went behind Emily lines to like save a bunch of his wingmen and died in the process. And they classified it because they didn't want to let the, the public know that they were like fighting someplace they weren't supposed to be fighting. 
So, like, he even finds out in the movie that, like, oh, man, my dad wasn't a piece of shit because, like, the leader of the Top Gun school was, like, telling him the story. Like, I flew with your old man. I was there that day kind of thing. I was there that day. I was there, man. Uh, So, uh, who are they fighting in this movie? Russia. Okay. Uh, it's they it's unnamed. And... It's an unnamed country. Yeah, yeah, it and is unnamed. It's, not, it, it's, it's mostly one of the USSR satellite states, not necessarily right. Russia itself. Because this, dude, when this came out, the USSR was still existed. Yeah, it was Cold War. Like, yeah, it was, uh, it was Chernobyl. The, yeah, yeah. They were Chernobyl. They were Chernobyl. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they were a little busy. <laughs> but uh, talk all the shit you want this year. <laughs> we got they a got, thing. They got other things to do. <laughs> we got a thing this year. I'll get back for you next year. Um, but uh, um, uh, but like, but they're they're in flight school. So like, are they fighting somebody? Is it like each other? Yeah, there. Yeah, the the maneuver you go up and it's like you you know you fake dogfight each other. No, so right? Yeah, but I mean, it's like what? But like in like the enemy planes, and then they're in like the American planes, right. and they they go up and they fight each other over oh, California and San Diego. But I, I know what you, there's no war going on per se. Yeah, but like the, what's the, the antagonist? That keep, or the whatever they are, the USSR guys who keep fucking with us. Like I said, so they're was, just playing pranks on each other. Uh, no, they would like so if a, a fighter planes come too close to like an aircraft carrier group, the aircraft carriers of the U.S. will scramble their planes to protect the carrier group. Yeah. Or if there's fighter planes that intrude on American airspace, this happens all the time in the in Alaska. Like yeah. the fucking Russians will pass like spy bombers and like go fast jets over Alaska air bases. All we scramble our jets like all the fucking time. We just don't yeah. hear about it in the news. It's pretty scary but, how much we actually like. They're actually over here all the time. <laughs> yeah. but back, And also, we, it's the same with subs. With nuclear submarines, the same exact thing. There's fucking Russian subs sitting off the eastern seaboard and western seaboard constantly. Yeah. We just, I'm, we can't I'm saying, like, what is the conflict of the movie? Like, what is the antagonizing force? It's just well, if they stop come, the Russians like, from pranking us? They No, they come over here in the movie. They, like, come over here and, like kind of threatened to like kill people like they're they're uh-huh. they'll get behind another jet and like lock on like they're about to fucking shoot them down and mm-hmm. at that so, point that's when it's like well now we got to kill you okay in the 80s we did get into an uh, the only uh there was only u.s fighter plane to have a kill not after vietnam or something like that was um over libya we fought the libyan air force um and Gaddafi actually when we shot down a couple of their planes in combat over Africa because they were, like, threatening to blow up a bunch of shit and, like, nuke some stuff or something. So, I mean, there was, like, high tensions on the, like, geopolitical stage. But I think that they kind of, like, they didn't want to say, oh, look, it's Russia doing this or the USSR. So they just said, like, unknown fucking enemy. But it would be like, yo, this unknown enemy. And you got to think, Drake, this is during the Cold War. So the mentality was, like, anything that they're doing... To us is uh, they're the enemy and they're attacking us. So right. it's like very mm-hmm. much high nerves, high defense. Like even we don't know whether they're going to come over here and start World War Three. We it, the tensions are high. They could they could be poking and prodding and like maybe it's some rogue fucking general over there mm-hmm. that just wants to fuck with us or, or maybe sure. they do want to get yeah. a kill in at a you know for an aircraft carrier because these planes do. They get close enough to an aircraft carrier, they drop a torpedo in the water and that thing's off and done. 
Yeah, the, the well, if, if, if you shoot down the Russian planes, don't you start World War Three? Not really, because if they're if over they, here... If they invade the airspace, it's yeah. all context. Oh, okay. like, that's fair. You know, if we go over there and do the same thing to them, that's different. But if right. they're over here, they know the rules. You yeah. Know? If you really want to be the top gun, go out and buy the next things that you're about to hear. <laughs> hey, are you enjoying this episode? Well, if you made it halfway, I'm assuming that you are. And if you're enjoying this, you might also enjoy the content that we have on our Patreon. If you don't know what Patreon is, it is a platform where you can directly support the creators that you love. And if you just go on patreon.com slash filmhistory, the history of film, or just type us into the, the Patreon search bar, you should find us. Same logo and everything. And check out some of the tiers that we have and how you could further support the podcast. Uh, we have exclusive shows on there that you won't find anywhere else, specifically for our Patreon subscribers. You can start for as little as $3 a month, and we have a couple different tiers to accommodate a variety of different budgets. Uh, at the $5 tier, you get our outtakes compilation, which is a collection of some of the best highlights that simply don't make it into the regular episodes, whether it's just too off-topic, or sometimes there are jokes that are just a little too edgy for, for this show, I think. Uh, and all that stuff goes into the uh, outtakes compilation. Uh, we also, at the $10 tier, provide a just extra piece of content. Um, in the month of April, these were uh, a special report on Ezra Miller, uh, an industry roundtable on Giant Depths and the Oscars, uh, and uh, just a variety of other things. Sometimes it could be an episode of History of Everything. Uh, in the month of May, it was... A conversations of friends where we did a little bit of a behind the scenes of a little bit of how the show comes together as well as talk about some of our favorite stories from being extras on film sets here in Los Angeles. Uh, it's always something different at the $10 tier, but uh, it's always going to be something that we're proud of and that we think the fans are going to enjoy. And then at the $15 tier, you get an episode of Game History. April's episode was on the origins of video games and the very first game ever made and how it kind of became an entertainment medium. And then May's episode was on Grand Theft Auto and the origins of Rockstar Games. So if any of that interests you, please go take a look. Uh, link is in the bio of our Instagram at Film History, the History of Film, as well as the bio of our Twitter uh, at Film History, FHHF Official. <laughs> Uh, check it out. Um, I also put a link to the Patreon in the description of this episode. So whatever podcast platform you're looking, you're listening to this on, you should be able to find it. Anyway, uh, without further ado, back to the episode. But uh, check out the Patreon. Just just give it a read. See if anything interests you. Oh wow, that sounds like that might have been an ad for a Patreon. You should subscribe to. Yeah, I, I bet sure, it was. I sure hope they do. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna order it on VHS tomorrow. <laughs> But that's that's the plot. Like I'm gonna okay. keep it there. The, All right. the plot is uh, planes, hot dudes, planes you know, and hot dudes. Well, Hell the yeah. Plot, yeah! The plot is Maverick going to this school to try to win the competition right. and be the best at the school. Right. It just right. so happens that the beginning of the movie has this one conflict with this Mig, and then the end of the movie has a different conflict right. with different Migs. Yeah. But the, the story isn't really about going to these conflicts with these MiGs. The story is about them at the school. The school. Yeah, exactly. It's not like a war film, per se. Mm -hmm. It's just like... I mean, I hate to say it, but you put it perfect. Hogwarts. 
Yeah. It's Hogwarts, but for planes. <laughs> it, it truly is. I mean, as much as it pains me, it truly is. <laughs> I mean, there's 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 a bunch of stories about kids going to school. This stuff was the first you're, one I thought of. You're a fighter pilot, Pete. <laughs> uh, he like shows up to his door and like aviators. He's like, you're a fighter pilot. <laughs> I but, mean, there were so much great movies made after this that piggybacked on what this movie did. I yeah, mean, I mean, Harry Potter did come shots. out after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hot, Hot shots, shots was and Hot, Hot shots, shots was part a, two. and it, that was a funny story because Charlie like really fucking wanted to be in Top Gun, uh, mm. but they said he was too young at the time. He was like 18, mm. and this was like he he super wanted to be in it though, you know. And then they did Hot Shots later on. Um, Arguably, Hot Shots a better movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hot Shots is like this, except for it knows what it is. It, you know. It's like airplane, but for fighter pilots. Like it's yeah. that comedy, and I love it. Have you ever seen Hot Shots Part One? No, no. I, I don't even know. I don't have a reference on what this movie is. That's for right. uh, for the longest time, I thought it was the movie about the talking bug. I don't know why. The like the, the talking bug car. Oh, uh, Herbie? Herbie? Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> wow, that was something something in your childhood mix. Yeah, it's like sure. a hot rod. I think like a hot rod, hot shots. I I don't know anything about it. Gotcha. My brain is just mixing hot things shots together. Part one was uh, Top Gun, <laughs> but airplane style. It it mocks Top Gun, and then Hot Shots Part Two. Charlie basically mocks his own fucking movie platoon along with it's a it's Rambo mainly. Though. Okay, Hot Shots Part cool. Two is Rambo. Okay. And Hot Shots Part One is Top Gun. Oh, you know? okay. All right. Yeah. Fun. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> this, uh, so this whole movie, I'm going to tell you about the the production of this thing. Now we're going to tell you how this came to be, how this masterpiece came <laughs> into our lives. Uh, May 1983. Ehud Yone was a writer for California Magazine, along with a bunch of other magazines, but California Magazine in particular. Uh, they published an article called Top Guns, and this writer wrote all about the life of fighter pilots at the Naval Air Station Miramar in San Diego, nicknamed Fighter Town USA. And he, he got... He featured aerial photography by then Lieutenant Commander Charles Heatley, aka Heater, as it said on the side of his F-14. And the article is cool. I fucking love these call signs. These calls, all these call signs. Fighter pilots' call signs are amazing. They're the best. They are the fucking best. They go full in like action movie. They really do. Like the guy's name was fucking Heater, you know. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll. These, these call signs are all brilliant. The real ones and the movie ones. Um, They call him Iceman because he flies cold as ice with no mistakes. That's that's what they fucking say in the line in the movie. It's so ridiculous. It's awesome. And it's and it's so real too. Like they basically wrote this movie. With fighter pilots, like I'm gonna, I will. They wrote the script on the USS fucking. I forgot. I think it's the Enterprise. Do they? uh, Do they all make up nicknames because uh, it's just simpler? Like, there's two Jeffs on the team. You don't have to be like Jeff Porter on your left. Yeah, be like uh, Jimmy Bell. And it's you don't want you know to have your name be out there, your real name be out there on comms when the enemy's listening. Yeah, because okay. they can fucking find out who you are and shit. Uh, if see. you shoot down somebody, they're like, mm. they kept calling him Jim over the comms. So let's see who who Jim is. <laughs> Go bomb his family, you know. Uh, <laughs> but this article is cool as hell. There's this forward before the article that says, 
Here's the original article from the California Magazine May 1983 issue presented as a tribute to author Ehud Yone. This article and these photos inspired the Paramount motion picture Top Gun. Think back to the days before the movie, before GoPro cameras and squadron videos on YouTube. Yane took readers into the cockpit with incredibly vivid descriptions. Be sure to read his sidebar at the bottom of the page in which he finally got his own dogfight hop. And so this guy went over, it was like Hunter S. Thompson style. He like went over as a journalist, stayed in Miramar, stayed on the base with them, and actually went up in the jets and wrote about it all along. And he's got this guy who was another pilot taking pictures for the article. So there's these cool. fucking, there are just these like glossy photos in the California magazine of like real Top Gun dogfighters. And he was just a journalist? He was a journalist, cool. yeah. He wrote for California Magazine. Cool. He wrote for like Rolling Stone and shit as well. Sick. Super sick. Rest in peace to that guy. He was very cool. But uh, his words in the article begin, At Mach 2 and 40,000 feet over California, it's always high noon. Yogi and Possum, those are two call signs for you, Deb. <laughs> Yogi and Possum have a theory about hops. That is, air combat maneuvers. The good ones always start out good, Yogi says, so the only thing to do is ride them through and try not to screw up. They're holding this thought as they blast off the oil-stained strip in their F-14 Tomcat and head out to hassle bogeys, enemy planes, off the coast of Ensenada. The pre-flight brief was short and to the point. The plane was ready, the takeoff smooth, a great beginning for a great hop. Even the weather is great, and they're floating in their glass bubble through a regulation Southern California blue-on-blue crystal morning. Clear skies over clear sea, with white curls of foam swirling around La Jolla below. They float past Mission Bay and North Island, then Possum calls out a new heading and Yogi hangs left, and they're making straight for today's action. And this article was like a, it was a huge fucking deal. It was like everybody kind of knew what these guys did, mm -hmm. but it was, you know, that was just like the first two paragraphs. This thing was pages and pages yeah. long. It was like vivid descriptions of yeah. like what it's like to be up in the plane. Yeah, like really paints a picture for you what these guys do. And it, everybody gained like a whole new appreciation yeah. for these guys. You know, it's like, yeah. holy shit, we didn't know all this. Like yeah, we thought yeah, you yeah. guys just went up there and shot at each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just floating around up there. Yeah, we just know we see you at the bars in San Diego and you fucking suck. You know, you suck to be around. So sorry, we didn't appreciate. It. They do, by the way. Like, they're. I'll get into a little bit. Like I said, the fighter pilot culture. You know, if you're not a fighter pilot, don't fucking bother talking to us. Uh, <laughs> or a movie star, sir. I'm seven percent body fat. Uh, fun okay. fact too. Uh, they use the term bogey incorrectly all the time in this movie. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Do you have? Do you have some about that? No, they used a lot of terms incorrectly, and what I do have is uh, Tony Scott. The they fucking hated Tony Scott a lot of times because they'd be like, "The thing that you're doing right now is so inaccurate. It's crazy. Like even the patches are wrong." And he would always say, "Well." Uh, Ma and Pa from Kansas aren't gonna know. And they said around the ship you would get to fucking hate hearing about like Ma and Pa, Ma and pa in Kansas <laughs> because that was who he made this movie for. He was very upfront about it. He was like, I'm not making a movie for you. <laughs> I'm making a movie for Ma and Pa in Kansas. And for like they the think 300 actual fighter pilots there are out there. <laughs> we need to yeah, find more yeah. tickets than that, guys. <laughs> exactly. So exactly. Funny. It's like, I'm sorry I'm not making a fucking you know, military simulator movie for but you like, guys. They could have done this particular one correctly because, all right, so a bogey is a term for an unknown radar contact. When right. you know the radar contact and when you know that the radar contact is a bad guy, it's called a bandit. 
So, like, right. a bandit is still a cool fucking name. Like, oh, there's bandits yeah. everywhere. Like, well, that would have been great. Like, why not use that? I don't know. Uh, I, I think I think Mom and Paul might got confused. You mean they're stealing something? I mean, they're what? They're gonna come rob you? Are know. there pirates in the sky? Pirates mixed with Top Gun <laughs> would be incredible. Like if those guys were jumping off of planes into each other's shit and just like I Yo, Jerry, so we got no the in- blockbuster for you. No no interest in planes. A hundred percent interest in airships. I wish we had fucking airships. That'd be cool. As if hell. there were cruise ships in the sky, now I'm in. Now I'm just so bombers. Down. Yeah. Now you're like fifth element. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so this article was a huge deal. It was, you know, it went viral before viral existed. And so somehow, depending on, you know, I'm sure depending on who you ask, this gets into the hands, this article gets into the hands of Hollywood mega producer Jerry Bruckheimer, (laughs) who at the time was coming off of Flashdance, and he's going into Beverly Hills Cop at around this time with Eddie Murphy. And, you know, like I said, it depends on who you ask. Maybe Jerry Bruckheimer's assistant brought him this. Maybe his bartender was talking (laughs) about this. But Jerry Bruckheimer just says, I found this article in the California Magazine. Mm -hmm. You know, who knows? He could have been been reading California Magazine. uh, Very well could have. You know, maybe he was a man of culture who (laughs) liked the California Magazine. Everybody go find that article, by the way. It's really fucking cool. Um, So he reads the article. And he's thinking, well, who the fuck better to bring this to than my cokehead producing partner, Don Simpson? <laughs> and he says he goes in there, slaps down California Magazine, says, like, we got to fucking make this into a movie. And Don Simpson was like, yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. You know, like, yeah, fuck yeah. And he said he told Don Simpson, it's Star Wars on Earth. That's what this movie is. <laughs> and Don Simpson railed another line. And was like, anything for you, Jerry. Anything for you. You know. Is it Star Wars on Earth? It's... No, no, not at all. No, I wouldn't say this is anything like Star Wars at all. <laughs> yeah, uh, there is a, there. No, no, no. This is like a subplot of Star Wars, you know. But you know, I mean, it, it's. I guess he's. I guess he's kind of Luke Skywalker. He's real good at flying. You know. All right. That's maybe that's what it is. Yeah. He's real okay. good at flying. Yeah. It's you know that one scene from the end of the first movie. <laughs> what if we did a whole thing around that, but on Earth? A movie just about X-wing pilots. Yeah, they made that right. Uh, sort of. Rogue One was kind of that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but I, I, I was worried because I was like, uh, uh, X wings are just planes in space, and I still don't give a fuck. And then uh, Rogue One turned out to be like more about the, the like not. The it, it was not. It was not that much flying. Actually, I was right. like, oh, okay, cool. Like I'm, I'm, I'm more into this than I thought it was gonna yeah, be. Yeah, the war. <laughs> so Bruckheimer slams this down in front of Don Simpson. They both do a big line of cocaine, and they say, let's fucking do this thing. And uh, they, they start passing around the idea, you know, around town. Ah, I got this fucking jet movie we want to make. <laughs> and uh, every all these screenwriters are turning it down. Everyone in Hollywood turns this fucker down. Like, Top Gun was, like, so close to not being made. Everybody was like, what is this? No. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Like, a... Uh, uh, a fighter pilot school, like you know, this that sounds stupid as hell. They were all me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, they were all Drake. And like I said, I mean, it makes kind of sense because this really is what made people. The article was what made uh, a small percentage of the population interested mm-hmm. in this, and the movie is what made people yeah. really go like, "Oh shit!" You know, they've had plenty of, and I'm not saying this is the first 
damn pilot movie, so don't come at me, all right? There's been plenty. Wings. I know Clint Eastwood in the 70s made his big one. I mean, all the way back to fucking Wings. Wings. But this was different. <laughs> it's uh, like Wings, but the now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like Wings, except for they do shirtless stuff. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know that one scene from Wings where the two guys are kissing? <laughs> Whole movie's Whole that. Movie. Whole movie. Whole movie. It that. pretty much is, man. Like, Wings, Wings really did start all of this, all right? When those two dudes kissed in Wings... But it's like this is what we want from now on. Okay. <laughs> Fucking Pearl Harbor, god damn it. But uh <laughs> So they're passing it around, everybody says no. Uh and then they 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 bring this idea to their other buddy, who just so happens to be fucking Jeffrey Katzenberg. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. At the time, he was the head of Paramount. This was right before he would go on to fucking to head Disney. Whoa, yeah. okay. I did not know. I thought he started at Disney. I thought his whole career was Disney. I didn't right. know he was no, Paramount before that. At this time, he's head of production at Paramount. Uh, until like I think eighty five was when he moved over to Disney. Okay. Um, friends in high places, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> let's get let's get old old cokehead Don on the phone and bring this thing to the fucking top immediately. <laughs> It's just, uh, Jerry Bruckheimer, man, like I said, the man deserves this whole episode here. I was the about to say, we, it sounds like we can do an episode just on old Jerry B. Absolutely. The guy's <laughs> a fucking king. Like, the dude is, he's, and he's still doing it at the caliber that he was in the 80s. Or yeah. More, you know. Yeah, you said he did Pirates? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that was his whole thing, too. Like, wow. the, the man, <laughs> he, he's like a modern-day Jack Warner. He was like... <laughs> I mean, yeah, he did, bro. Top Gun, Flashdance, The Rock, yeah. Crimson Tide, Con Air, yeah. Armageddon, Enemy of the State, Black Hawk Down, Pearl God. Harbor, Beverly Hills Cop, Bad Boys, Pirates Franchise, National Treasure... And a list of others, including the entire CSI franchise. Oh what? my god, that's right! I forgot CSI is fucking Bruckheimer. That's wild. That alone, it, one of those things alone, <laughs> and your kids are set. Like now, at this and, point, oh like god. he's a Rockefeller. Like <laughs> he's and he is the owner uh, and co-founder of the NHL team, the Seattle Kraken. <laughs> oh, but that's just that's literally something that he paid for with his debit card. You know, like that. <laughs> Was the man has project. to be over a billionaire. He has That's to be. Crazy. He has to have hit a, the billion I mean, dollar Days mark. of Thunder. I mean, the list just keeps going. The Amazing Race. He did The Amazing Race. Oh, my God, dude. Yeah, fucking Bruckheimer, man. The guy is, the guy is king, and he's not even very... And, Drake, you would like this. He partnered with um, MTV in 2007 to create a new game studio and joined the board at the same time of ZeniMax Media. Wow. And they are in Bethesad <laughs> or Bethesad Softworks. So he was a part of creating Fallout 3, Fallout oh Vegas, my, Elder Scrolls, Skyrim. I didn't know no that. Idea. He had anything to do with and, Bethesda and he's on. he's like an executive producer at Microsoft Studios and Ubisoft. Oh, wow. my God. Insane. Yeah, uh, Jerry Bruckheimer, uh, uh, his net worth of $1 billion. <laughs> yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, dude, and he's, it's just interesting to me because, I mean, we all know his name because we've seen him, as you can see, fucking everywhere, but he's not very, like, vocal about it. He's not out there yeah. being, like, a Steve Jobs type, but yeah. he absolutely is, you know? I didn't even know His he... name is in the title, the front title card that to movies that we've all grown up with. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I knew his name. We I... know the name, but we don't know the name. I didn't right. even know what he looked like until now. I'm looking up. He kind of looks like... 
He looks like Seth Green's dad. Yeah. Whatever Seth Green's dad looks like is what I... Is. No, that's the other part. He's actually like a handsome dude, too. It's like God gave with both hands to this man. You know, like, he was like, here's everything. Like, I think... <laughs> Attractiveness is relative. Yeah, 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 yeah. It makes him a lot hotter that he's like the king of movies, you know. Yeah. That billion dollars makes him real hot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but he's not... He's not it's like, he's, he's clearly like... He's not like a Weinstein, you know what I mean? Like, he's right. not like a gelatinous... Yeah, you know, a gelatinous like job of the fucking hut. Yeah, yeah, most of the dudes look like job of the hut. Yeah, yeah. So, um, especially, <laughs> let's hope not. Especially when he's younger. My whole uh, faith and everything's going to be shattered. So, so many Star Wars references in this episode. Oh, man. Um, but Katzenberg, anyways, back to the CAG. So they bring this thing to Katzenberg. Back to the CAG. <laughs> Katzenberg is like, he's on board. He he likes this. He puts two of his best writers on it. His This this writing team known as Cash and Epps. <laughs> uh, we're talking about Jim Cash and Jack Epps Jr. Why do they have pilot names? <laughs> they have pilot names. Uh, as a matter of fact, Jack Epps Jr. was a pilot at the oh, time. Okay, he was right. an active fucking pilot. They were kind of these writers for Katzenberg and for Paramount that they had written six films that had not been filmed yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel this so hard. I feel this is exactly where I'm at in my career. They're right there where it's like I've got a lot of shit written and a lot of eyeballs on a lot of mm-hmm. shit. Nothing has been made yet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's kind of where they were. But uh, Katzenberg liked them. They, he liked their writing. Mm-hmm. He thought like He thought at the time these are like – my two best writers. I just haven't been able to like get this thing off the ground. With I them see. Yet. Yeah. yeah. So they're staff writers at Paramount. Pretty much. Okay. They're not even staff writers. Like they're actually writing. They're just a duo. One of them lived in fucking Massachusetts mm. at the time. And how did they know Katzenberg? <laughs> Good question. Did, okay. They met him on a balcony in Westwood at like a billionaire's party <laughs> that they just so happened to know a guy who like uh, was a janitor down the hall and. You know, they, it's, 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 it's who knows? It's Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, you know? they met him at a nice wide shut party. Yeah, you know? exactly, exactly. Who fucking knows? They met Jerry Bruckheimer at some point and right at the right time because this is when he's like picking up speed, but he's not, you know, the king. He's not that the he Brook yet. At. Yeah, he's not the Brook, bro. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but hey, if you're a writer, take that to heart. Sometimes mm. you never know that it's right around the fucking corner, man. Yeah, you but, might have, you know. Uh, who knows? Yeah, It'll happen. It'll happen. Keep writing, keep pushing, and you too will write Top Gun one day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh, you too will be able to write something that the director will go on to say, the story doesn't matter. Yeah, story doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I would love that. I would love that, dude. Talk about the freedom where they're like, just turn in pages and we'll say yes. Oh my God, dude. That's the best. Wow, that's a dream. <laughs> that's a fucking dream. Uh, no, but they actually did have to change the script quite a bit. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> but Jack Epps Jr., he just wanted the gig because he was a pilot, and he just wanted to be around jets and shit. He was okay. like, this is my shit. He had actually he had read that article uh, in the California Magazine as well. It was kind of like, oh, yeah, like I read that shit too because I'm a pilot. Shit sounds cool as hell. Let's do it. You know. So, <laughs> so they go... They go they do like a preliminary, you know, let's find people who would be involved in this. You know, let's like see if this could be a real thing. Um, they went around and they they went to the school, actually. They went to Miramar with this idea, mostly Jack Epps and and Cash. Epps and Cash, the writers, went to Miramar. That 
sounds like the name of a movie right there. Yeah, Epson Cash. <laughs> dude, maybe, dude, they should make a movie called Epson Cash, and it's about them making Top Gun. That'd be sick. Yeah, I, I just want to hit an era where all the movies are about the making of other movies. I love this. I love that. I would do like, that. Solid five-year run where those are the only movies we get. <laughs> I would love to be that Hollywood, producer. we've ran out of other people's work and original material so badly that we can't even pull from books anymore. We're going to make movies about making movies. I will be the Jerry Bruckheimer of meta films I, that is fine with me you know i'll turn them out baby this is how we made please. all the movies <laughs> please i will worship at the church of l ron hubbard if i can be tom cruise absolutely so they went around hiring people they got pete viper Pettigrew. This guy, he was a former trainer at the actual school. This is like going to be. I thought you were about to say Pete Davidson. For Pete Davidson, yeah, as a baby. Uh, <laughs> they got a. They got no man. This guy's name was Viper Pete Pettigrew. This is actually who they wound up naming Maverick after in the movie. Was this real guy? Okay. This guy became like their main consultant for the entire okay. thing his, throughout. His call sign was Viper. Viper. You know, the Viper was in the movie. Yeah. They kept that call sign for a different character. Yeah, man. Yeah, the writers went off of a lot of real shit. They used a lot of their real names. They used, like, a lot of... Uh, the whole the character of the love interest is a it's a whole there's there's a, there's a female love interest in this yeah movie? yeah and oh. she's based on a real lady that's fucking badass dude oh, okay. yeah yeah I assume this is all just about boys liking boys no man it gets deeper <laughs> <laughs> the boys go deeper in this one <laughs> uh, <laughs> Top Gun two the boys go deeper <laughs> so they meet this guy <laughs> the writers meet this guy Viper Pete Pettigrew. And he was a former trainer at the actual school, and he also was an actual Vietnam War veteran who wound up shooting a MiG. He was what they called a MiG killer. Mm -hmm. uh, he actually got a little bit of action over there in Nam and shot this guy down, and it was this big, like, he was like this legend, you know. Uh, and he was a total badass. He was literally a teacher at Top Gun. Like, you don't get much more elite than that when it comes to pilots, you know. And uh, there were a lot of... There's a lot of phone calls being made to the school around this time. They were like, hey, remember those guys that came out there and they were writing the article and they did like ride-alongs with you and shit? We want to do that except for like a whole movie, like a big budget Jerry Bruckheimer thing, you know? And that's where the phone calls and conversations began to be had between Hollywood and the Top Gun School and oh, the Navy and I the see. fucking Pentagon. Okay. And okay. like, it was just sort of this like idea that they're floating around. And now they got Pete Pettigrew involved, mm -hmm. who's a big part of the school. And right. he's now okay. kind of getting them in. Yeah, you know? I see. Okay. Yeah, he's like introducing them to all the right people. And that is actually where we will leave you for this episode of Film History, The History of Film. Uh, that wraps part one of our three-parter Top Guns uh, episode saga uh, that we're doing. <laughs> so part two and three will be coming over the next couple weeks. And it starts off interesting and only gets more interesting from here. Uh, we're going to be going into the negotiations between... Uh, the movie studios and the government and kind of how that set a precedence for these kinds of films being subsidized by the U.S. government. Uh, we're also going to be talking about uh, there's even more stuff leading up to the making of this film that's pretty uh, spectacular. Talk about like some of the actors that they thought about casting for Tom Cruise. Uh, talk about what made Tom Cruise say yes to the role. 
Uh, and then once we get into the actual filming of this movie itself, uh, it's absolutely crazy. And then, of course, uh, we talk about the release of the film. So all that is coming up. But for now, you can find me on Instagram at Drake Cummings, on Twitter at Drake underscore Cummings, on TikTok at Hollywood Drake, YouTube Drake Cummings, and my merch store, Raging20sMerch.com. You can find me on Twitter at AbracadabraDev or on Instagram at Sailor underscore Dev. But everyone, we have an announcement. Uh, there is a Twitter or a Discord channel for film history, the history of film now. It is on the Abracadabra Film server. Uh, if you go to my Twitter or the film history Twitter, you'll be able to find the link in the invitation to the server. And there we're going to be doing some really fun interactive stuff with you guys and if you for whatever reason uh you know i know times are tough if you can't jump on the patreon come check us out in discord because we're gonna do some like live readings we're gonna hang out we're gonna watch films together and we're, you know you'll be able to talk shop and hang out with us while we you know do like a, a banter and, and have some fun so we got some really cool things planned Join the Discord and join the Patreon. Yeah, and uh, a little bit more elaboration on the Patreon. You can go to our, uh, the link is in the bio of our Instagram, or you can just find us at Film History, the History of Film Patreon. Uh, And uh, yeah, uh, we're wrapping up month two of content for the Patreon. Uh, Every month you get an episode of Game History, which you might remember I did a a trial episode of that for for everyone to enjoy uh, back at the beginning of the year. But we got two episodes of that. We just did the one on uh, Grand Theft Auto. So if you want to hear the history of Grand Theft Auto, check that out. Uh, and then we also do an outtakes compilation. There's a lot of banter that we have, like jokes that we think are maybe too edgy for the, sh- the like the public audience or whatever. That all make it onto that Patreon outtakes yeah. compilation. Low key, some of our best work. And uh, uh, then at the ten dollar tier, uh, you're gonna get an extra bonus thing every month. Last month, it was uh, a special report on Ezra Miller, an industry roundtable on Giant Depp, and. Uh, some other some other stuff and this month it was a uh, launch of a new show called uh, conversations of friends where uh, yeah. we sat down with one of our friends and just kind of uh, we talked a little bit behind the scenes about the show and uh, discussed some of our uh, some some funny uh, Hollywood stories that we have from working background in LA so yeah. uh, if any of that sounds interesting in the slightest go ahead and check us out uh, you can become a patron for as little as three dollars yeah come on up. step right up three dollars three dollars mm-hmm. step right up to our Patreon. Uh, you can also find me at Jimmy Deloy or James Wyatt Scott, depending on where you're looking for me. You can find us at Film History, The History of Film, or FHHF Podcast. You can also find me in the battlefields with the Spartans, looking for me a war fucker. <laughs> <laughs> That's in Film History, The, the History of Film. film. You know what I'm talking about!